to the Word of God for a little bit this morning. And uh, I want to go to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, and uh, minister a little bit to you. And, uh, and we're going to start with verse 24, and, uh, Mark 4, 24, verse 24. And uh, Jesus talking, He said, Then He said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has a hearing ear, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have a hearing ear, even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, he, Jesus said we need to take heed what we hear. Did you know we need to pay attention to what we're hearing? And we need to weigh these things out. We need to, everything we hear, we need to compare it with, with Scripture. Amen? Because our life source is the Word of God. Amen? Because there's a lot of news going on, a lot of things being said and such as that. But we need to take heed uh, uh, what we hear. And, uh, uh, and, and what you hear, we're going to hear it, but then you gotta, you got to cipher that stuff out. But you have to do it with the Word of God. Take heed means this, because here, here's, here's why it's important you take heed what you hear, because that word take heed or that phrase, two words, is bleepo. And it means to look at, because what you hear is what you're going to see. I said what you hear is what you're going to see, or you're going to start visualizing. It says to, sit, to look at, to behold, to beware, to look on or to, to perceive, to regard, to see, or sight. And so we got to understand something. Words paint pictures. Am I right? Words paint pictures. So words will cause us... Words will get involved with our imagination. And I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we'll start imagining things. And we'll start thinking things. You know, you can you cannot let the devil cause you to visualize yourself going through a lost job, and are, are getting the virus. Do you know there's one thing I can tell you that w- w- from the start of this, o- this, whole, this whole virus thing that's come up, and it's real, and it's real. We don't make light of that at all. But the thought has never even crossed my mind that I would get it. It never crossed my mind. I mean, I, I hadn't even thought it. It hadn't even been a thought. I mean, I'm saying this. You say, you must have thought about it. No, I'm not sitting around thinking, I, I, if I go here, if I go there, if I don't go this, I'm, I'm going to get it. Because the law of the spirit of life, remember I told you out in Mo and that spirit, spirit, it just come out of my spirit. And that, I think that's in uh, Romans 8 too. Uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, sickness and disease and poverty and lack. And that's the way I always say it. Because those things was under the curse. And Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. And so I found out that the Word of God works in me both to will and to do of God's good pleasure. And you know that too. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I'm telling you, you got to take heed what you hear. You gotta, you gotta watch what you let yourself see or imagine. Are you hearing me? And because if you're not careful, the devil will uh, take you through a doom and gloom movie or video in your mind. And you're gonna have to change the channel. 
I said, you'll have to change the channel. You have to pull up some scriptures and change that channel. Amen. You know, I've, I've sit around before and, and the devil starts throwing thoughts at me. And if I'm not careful, I'll start thinking about it. Why? Because he wants to give me that movie. And so I decide I'm going to change that channel. Amen. Now, Luke, in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, I'm not going to turn there. And uh, it says, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. He says in Mark, take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear. Because you know somebody can say something and you can take it wrong. Do you ever know that? You can take it wrong. I mean, sometimes you can send a text and people know the attitude in which you send it. Well, that was mean. Well, what was mean? Are you having a good day? Really? Are you know what I'm saying? Are you know what I'm saying? Take heed how you hear it. Take heed how you hear. And so we got to understand. We got to. Take heed what we hear. We definitely need to monitor what goes in or uh, regulate what go or monitor, I guess you'd be, what goes into your ears or what you're hearing. And uh, because what you hear and how you hear will determine what you see. And listen to this. Our vocabulary is influenced by what we hear. Our vocabulary is influenced by what we hear. Now, I want to minister, uh, uh, I just want to, throw those scriptures out there, but I want to go and I want to talk about, and the Lord took me here last night and, and it really took me more so this morning when I got up. And uh, I want to go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And I titled this message, Peter's Journey. Peter's Journey. And uh, I kind of was wondering why I was going down this route, going down this road this morning. And uh, I'll probably find out more afterwards. And uh, in Matthew 16, verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who was He asking this question? The disciples, his students, the ones he's been teaching. And this was probably about uh, uh, six months or so before he was going to the cross. And so he asked them, who did men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now listen to what they said. So they said, some say John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? But who do you say? But See, anybody can have an opinion of who Jesus is and who God is, and there's a lot of them out there, a whole bunch of them. But he was asking those that are closest to him. Those that's watched him, those that's been with him, those that's watched the miracles, those those that's watched him raise the dead, watched him heal the uh, the blind eyes, open deaf ears, and 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 all the things that he did, and the messages that he preached, and he said, "I want you to know who do you say that I am." It's important to, for us to get this because 
what we say about him, listen to me, what we say about him does make not, does not make him that. He's already that. But it makes it, 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 it causes who he is to become a reality in our lives when we say who he is. So listen to me, what they saw said was wrong. What everybody they said. Now here's what they're doing. Here's what his disciples are doing. They're going, oh, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. John the Baptist, some say. Elijah or Jeremiah are one of the prophets. So we've got a lot of people raising their hands saying, here, I'm going to tell you what they're saying. But he didn't want to know what they're saying, but he did want to know what they were saying. But when it come right down to it, he wanted to find out what they said. Because what they had been hearing of him was wrong. Are you hearing me? So he said, okay, that's what they're saying. Now what do you say? Because what you say is going to make a difference in your life. It's going to make a difference in your finances. It's going to make a difference in your family. It's going to make a difference about your job. It's going to make what you're saying about God concerning your situations. And so uh, they, they rattled off, they, uh, but notice what it says, but who do you say that I am? Now listen, I don't know if there was a pause in there. Because it really don't say. It don't say it was 15 minutes later, it don't say it 30 minutes later. All I know is he said, but now who do you say that I am? Now, now notice what it says in verse 14. It said, and they said, so there was a lot of them saying what others were saying. But when he said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, the son of the living God. Oh, look out now. Somebody's getting something. I said, somebody just got something. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Listen to me, I don't know if he knew that up to that point, but I can assure you one thing. At that point, the Holy Ghost revealed something to Peter right there in that meeting when he said, who do you say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who you are. And oh my goodness gracious, notice what, and he, you know, have you ever said something under the power of the Holy Ghost and thought, ooh, did I say that? But I believe he knew that. And it, whether it was revealed to him right then or right or not, I don't know. But he knew at that point that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because listen, Peter had heard them say, he's John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He heard all them saying that. But I guarantee there was a kind of a stirring on the inside of him saying, I just don't feel like that's right. I don't feel like that's right. Have you ever uh, been hearing things and, and you hear it and there's just something inside of you uh, saying, that's not right. That is just not right. But who do you say I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now notice what Jesus answered. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed, empowered to prosper are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Listen, there is a revelation that comes from the Holy Ghost, that comes from the Word of God, that when you get a revelation, nobody's going to convince you otherwise. Are you hearing me? 
Nobody's going to convince you otherwise. There's some of you that's got some staunch uh, believing and faith in the Word of God that I don't care what anybody says, they're not going to change your mind. Let me just ask this question. How many of you in this house today are born again, your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you died today, you would go to heaven, or if you lived to be a hundred years, you're still going to go to heaven, and no matter how many more years you live on this planet, nobody's going to be able to convince you that you are not born again because you confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, and you are saved. How many's in the house? Raise your hand. Why? Because you've got a revelation that Jesus is the Savior. Well, you've got to get that same kind of revelation concerning the other promises and things that God did. So nobody can convince you otherwise. Yeah, I know you said God will supply all your needs, but I know you just don't... That was a different day and a different time. Let me tell you something. It don't matter what day, what time, not month, the year. It don't matter. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm here to tell you, you better have a revelation of that because I'm telling you, if you don't, you're going to fall under the pressures of the world system and what they're trying to do. And I'm telling you what the devil wants to come in to steal, kill, and destroy from you anyway. But he can't if you got a revelation. Verse 18 said, And I say to you, glory to God, that you are Peter, and on this rock, listen to this, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. I am telling you, here's what he said, upon this revelation that you just said, I'm going to build my church. It wasn't on Peter. But upon the revelation that just came out of your mouth, Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not be successful in its endeavors against it. Does that make anybody happy this morning? Do you ever say that from time to time that the gates of hell shall not prevail against me? I do. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned and shown to be in the wrong. Isaiah 54. And you start looking at that. And notice, he didn't quit there. He said, now I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Anybody got any keys? Some of you, every one of you got keys in your pocket right now, most of you, maybe not all of you, you know, if you're somebody else maybe driving a car or whatever. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Who's he talking to? Listen, to? listen, listen, who's he talking to? You said he's talking to Peter. He's talking to everyone who has the revelation that Peter just had. Are you hearing me? He was talking to every single person that declared, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I've got more than one set. You ever had somebody say, can I get a key to your door? Well, you better know them if you give them one. Huh? We've had so many keys, people through the years getting keys to the door, the door of the church and stuff like that. Let them go in. They'll have weddings and stuff. We let them have the keys. They somehow forget to give them back. So we've had to change the locks on the door a few times. 
just so we could get regulate who's got keys again. But I'm going to tell you what, God has never changed the locks on His doors. <laughs> once you got the key, honey, it works. I said, once you got the key, it works. Glory to God. He says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And notice what it says. What, listen, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, you got a key that looses and you got a key that binds. And the Bible says what, basically another translation says, whatever you permit, God permits. Whatever you stop, God stops. Come on now, you got the key in your hand. And he was telling Peter, oh Peter, you're blessed, empowered to prosper because of the revelation that you have. Now I went through this to get to uh, 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 some more stuff about Peter. It's all about Jesus actually, but, but we're talking about looking at Peter today a little bit. Let's go to Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. This is the same Simon we just read about. All right? Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan has asked you, other translation says, he said, Satan's asked for all of you. For all of you. In other words, he didn't just pull Peter out and think he would be the better, better one to get a hold of. He was after all of them. And he said, Simon, Simon, Peter, uh, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as we, what sift means to separate. To separate. Now here's a man who's got a revelation of who Jesus is, right? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said this, now those what said, because this verse right here is very important. But I, Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. I have prayed that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Jesus knows something about us. And I'm here to tell you right now, one of the most powerful thing, verses in that whole thing was when Jesus said, I have prayed for you. The uh, one translation, the New Living Translation says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. I have pleaded in prayer that your faith should not fail. And I'm telling you something, you got to be very careful that your faith fail not. The good thing about it is we can understand it talks about in Hebrews how, uh, and in Romans it talks about how Jesus is ever at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you. Somebody shout glory to God. Jesus, listen, it's great when you pray for me. And God hears your prayer. Am I right? And it's good when I pray for you because God hears my prayer, but I got news for you. We got another power back here, and that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and He's interceding for you. Oh, God, help them. Help them strengthen them, God. Move in their lives. Keep them going in you, God. I mean, we, I don't know exactly how He's praying, but I can guarantee you one thing. He's praying the perfect will of God for your life, and I'm telling you something. It made all the difference in the world in Peter's life. 
But notice what it said. And he said, Peter said this to Jesus. He said, Lord, I am ready. Lord, I am ready. He's stoked. I'm ready. Man, I got a revelation. Hell, Arthur Christ, the son of the living God. Man, Holy Ghost showed me that. He said, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Wherever they take you, they're going to take me because I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stick to you like glue. I'm hanging in there, Jesus. Don't tell me Satan's going to sift me. Don't tell me he's going to move me out of the way. Don't tell me my faith's going to fail because I'm here to tell you right now, I am staunch. I'm strong in faith. I'm sticking with you. And notice what Jesus said. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you will deny three times that you even know me. Now that had to blow his mind. There's no way Peter thought, well, Jesus, I remember you said that uh, uh, remember when you said that I was, uh, blessed because I had that revelation? I still got it. I didn't lose that revelation of who you are. I'm telling you something. I don't care how strong you are in faith. And this is not a, this is not a meet service. I want you to think pastor's trying to get us in doubt. No, 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 no. I want you to let you know. I'm going to tell you something right now. The devil is after something. The first things he's out after is your, the word that you have. And then he wants your faith. If he can get your word, he's got your faith. But notice what it happened. Run right on down to verse 54. Having arrested him, they led him, talking about Jesus, and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. When you start distancing yourself from Jesus and the Word, honey, you're going to start experiencing a weaker faith. Somebody better hear me this morning. You'll start experiencing your faith being weakened when you start following at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter said among them, and a certain servant girl seeing him as he sat by the fire looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. This guy right here, he's a disciple of Jesus, but notice what it said, but he denied him. But he denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. It wasn't too far up there, what did he say? I ain't going to die you. I'm going to go to prison with you if you have to go to prison. I'm going to die with you if I have to die with you. And he said, I will never deny you. But just a few verses down, a few hours later, he said, I don't even know him. Who? You were with Jesus. Who? we got to be careful. Listen to me. Did Peter have a revelation of who he was? He had a revelation. Because I can promise you this, if he hadn't had a revelation, Jesus, Jesus would have said, Peter, you ain't, you don't know that. Peter did know it. After about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Dose. Number two. He done said, I'm not going to, I won't do it. I won't deny you. Why? Because I know you. I know you. I know who you are. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Let's see, word, words. That was the third, that was the third time. Immediately, that was Trace. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now listen, could you imagine telling Jesus, I will not deny you. Jesus said, I pray that your faith will fail not. And when that, when that woman asked him, that other person asked him, that other person, he denied all three times. And the Bible says, then Peter, uh, uh, the, 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 could you imagine when he heard that rooster crow? I can assure you this, with, he was, when he was sitting there, he all of a sudden, when he heard that rooster crow, he looked at Jesus. And Jesus was looking at him. And I can believe, I don't know what Jesus was thinking, but I could, I think I, I know kind of sort of what he might have been thinking. When we get to heaven, we'll all find out if I was right or wrong. I believe when he looked at Peter, he thought, I prayed. I prayed for you. That your faith would not fail. That your faith would, now it looks like his faith has failed. It looks like he has done through in the towel. It looks like he'll never amount to a hill of beans. It looks like he will never accomplish what God said he would accomplish and all the things that Jesus instructed him to do, that he from that point on, he will never make it any further than this. He's done blew it. He can, There's nothing else he's going to ever be able to do for the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. I pleaded uh, before the Father for you that your faith fell not. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And I guarantee you, let me tell you something. That was a perfect opportunity for the devil to jump right on his shoulder and said, there you go. There you go. Do you see the way he looked at you? But let me tell you something. It, the only thing he could have said when he said that's all the way Jesus looked at him was, yeah, it was eyes full of compassion and love because that's all he had for me. But I'm telling you what, I guarantee the devil said, do you see the way he looked at you? He uh, he, he looked at you like, I dare you. I can't believe you would deny me. You said you wouldn't deny me. I told you you would. You said you wouldn't, but you did. And I guarantee you, the devil went to work on Peter. It's just like us. When we say we'll never do something again and do something like that, and all of a sudden we do it, and we think, oh my God, I told Jesus I would never do that. I would never do it again. I'd never do it again. And we've all been in that boat, I would think. I have. But I'm telling you what, Jesus is praying for me. If he would pray for Peter's faith to fail not, would he pray for Randy's faith to fail not? Would he pray for your faith to fail not? 
I believe Jesus said, God, I pray that my body's uh, faith will fail not in these trying times, this hitting the planet. I pray that their faith fail not. Peter went out and wept bitterly, probably thinking it's all over for him. There's nothing more that I'll ever be able to do for the kingdom of God. But there was another something happened, and I know I'm running out of time. In Matthew 16, Mark 16, I'm sorry. There was a resurrection. This is not an Easter service, by the way. There was a resurrection. In verse 6, it said, And he said to them, the angel said to them when they went to the tomb of Jesus, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth and was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples what next? What's next? What? And Peter. Go tell his disciples and make sure Peter knows. Make sure Peter knows. Make sure Peter knows he's not a failure because I prayed that his faith would fail not. You make sure, I'm telling you what, for three days and three nights, there probably wasn't a more miserable person on the planet than Peter. Am I right? I mean, he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. But I'm telling you, when he heard those words, be sure to tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you, So they went and told Peter, go to John, John 21, St. John 21. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for praying for us. Thank you for praying for us, Jesus. We thank you that you're praying for us. Verse 15 says, so when 21, John 15, 21, 15 says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, guess who's in the meeting? Simon Peter. After Jesus' resurrection, he's in the meeting. And guess who Jesus starts talking to? Simon Peter. I'm going to, let me, let me just say this. You can blow it in your life. And I'm not advocating this because I'm telling you, getting, getting, getting into sin and stuff like this is there's a wage of uh, death to that. But the thing about it is, is here he is. He done denied three times that he knew him. When Jesus raised from the dead, he made sure Peter was at the meeting that he had with his disciples. And then he gets there and starts talking to Peter. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Son, one translation says more than the others. But I look at it like this. Do we love him more than we love the things of this world? Do we love him more than we love the activities of this world? 
And he asked him, do you love me more than these? And he said, listen to what he said. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. Could you imagine the, the, the thoughts coming to Peter says, yeah, right. You done told him you didn't even know who they were, but he had to get past that. He had to get past the thoughts that was trying to bombard him and hold him back and hold him down. And right in the middle, I'm sure the devil's saying, you better tell him the truth, you don't know him, but Jesus knew his heart. And Peter knew his heart. He knew what was in his heart. And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. Now listen to me. God, Jesus had faith in Peter's faith failing not. And the reason Jesus had faith in Peter's faith failing not is because I have prayed for you. And so here Jesus is. Here, What's Jesus doing? He's restoring. He's bringing restoration. And the key to Peter's restoration, I believe, was the prayer that Jesus prayed. Are you hearing me? I believe the key to many people's restoration is the prayers that go up for them. When people fall, we are to be praying. Jesus is praying, but we ought to be praying. He said, Lord, you know that love. He said, feed my lambs. I'm telling something. He's telling him this. I've got such a mission for you. Peter thought he was done. He probably thought there's no way I'll ever accomplish what Jesus gave for me to accomplish. But here at the same time, Jesus said, listen to me. I never did give up on you. I never gave up on you. You might have gave up on you. Others might have gave up on you. But I never gave up on you. I had a purpose for you being here. I have a purpose for your life. You weren't an accident when you was born. You had a divine purpose and a destiny from God Almighty. And I'm here to tell you right now, you are not an accident. You have a divine purpose from God Almighty. That's why you're even on the planet today. You have got to get to the place that you pull yourself back into faith. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. Tend my sheep. Jesus is putting him in charge of one of the most valuable things he has on the earth is the church. Is the church. See, Jesus knew his heart. He knew what he said, but he also knew his heart. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And this is what he said. He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he does know all things. You know that I love you. So what's Jesus doing? He's restoring Peter. And I'm telling you something, Peter got restored that day. I said, Peter got restored that day. You said, did his faith fail? I tell you what, his faith was weakened, but it didn't fail. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of folk in the world today that I'm telling you something, they, their, their faith has been weakened a little bit, but I'm telling you what, God wants to energize it back up. Because without faith, you cannot please God. You need to have faith. 
And then, of course, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I'm putting you in charge of what means more to me than anything on the planet Earth, and that is my people. That is my people. Now, we look at Peter and his journey. He had a revelation from God. He had a revelation from God and and uh, of who Jesus was, denied three times that he even knew him, and uh, and then God restored him. Peter was in the Acts chapter 2 in the upper room preaching a tremendous sermon when the Holy Ghost fell and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Who was preaching it? Peter. Peter. He walked into the gate beautiful, to the gate beautiful, and there was a lame man at the gate, Peter and John. And Peter looked down at him and said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up, walk. Grabbed him by the hand, picked him up, and he was totally healed. This was a man who Jesus prayed for his faith to fail not. And it looked like it was over for him to ever be able to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. But Jesus did not give up. And Jesus prayed for Peter. Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 12, he was put in prison. They prayed him out of prison. In chapter 4, if you went back to chapter 4, they told him not to preach no more in the name of Jesus. That's when they prayed and God shook the place where they were. Acts chapter 10, he sent Peter to Cornelius' house and the Gentiles were brought into the church and were filled with the Holy Ghost. Here's somebody that Jesus prayed that his faith fail not. And he wound up accomplishing what God gave him to accomplish because he did not allow the negative things that he had done in his life to affect the positive things that God had in store for him. Thank you, Jesus. And First Peter, let me read this because Peter wrote this letter and I'm quitting. First Peter chapter 1. Peter wrote this letter. First Peter 1, 3. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, man, I'm telling something, God was doing something in Peter's heart. He did something in Peter's heart. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, Love, who having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm telling you, Peter 
knew that Jesus pulled him back up and he gave him all the glory. Verse 13 of that same chapter in the Living Translation says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise. Peter wrote this. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the graces, in the graces of salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. And then he goes on to verse 18, New Living Translation says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. I'm telling you, Peter knew what got him back. And I'm telling you, God wants you to know this this morning, that He's praying for you too. And He's praying that your faith fail not. Do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. Stay on track. Stay with God because I'm telling you, He's working all things together for your good because you love Him. Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I hope you got something out of that anyway. I, I enjoyed it. Praise God because God thinks you're special. You need to think so too.